Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee, and I am happy to be able to be with you today. Today is the last day of this year, and uh, what an opportunity it is to be able to be together to study God's Word as we close out this uh, year. And I'm thankful to have that opportunity with you. We today are going to continue our study of why I am a member of the Church of Christ. And we're ready for reason number nine. Um, But today, before we uh, do our lesson, I wanted to try a little something new. And um, I think it'll be maybe a little bit helpful to you. Um, But I want to try to do a short devotional, not just a prayer, but but just do something that is not related to our lesson necessarily, um, but something that that may, I don't know, go along with some thoughts of the the week or what have you. Uh, But I wanted to share a a short devotional with you today. Today, uh, I've been thinking um, just over the last two or three days. Uh, Most of you are aware that um, the West Freeway Congregation in Texas um, they had a, a shooting there. Uh, two individuals from the congregation have now passed, and uh, we also know that the shooter was killed as well. Uh, very unfortunate sort of circumstances, and um, I'm thankful that the attention has been given, I guess, as far as the world is concerned, to things like this, and, and I'm glad that the congregation was able to handle it in a good way, despite uh, the loss of, of those two lives, it could have been much, much worse. But as I look at incidents such as that, as I look at, at things throughout the world, this is not the, the only time. This is not the first time that, that brothers and sisters of the Churches of Christ have been affected in this way. Uh, I believe it was two or three years ago that the Burnett's Chapel congregation, not too far from us, uh, had a very similar circumstance to happen. We see it all the time. We we see it wherever we go, really. We see it in schools and movie theaters and and other places, malls. It's hard to believe that, that our world is filled with such hatred. And I am reminded that whenever I look at the world and whenever I see such hatred, as what we have been seeing lately, I am reminded that this world is not my home. I am reminded that this is not where I belong. And maybe you are reminded of the very same. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And it is comforting to know that Jesus has overcome the world. I I look at other passages. I'm reminded of what he said in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6 and beginning with verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, 
and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And going back to the book of John, Jesus said in the beginning of chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were, I, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus has overcome the world. So all of the things that we face, all of the evil that we see, we know that Jesus has overcome all of those things. And in the passages that we have looked at, we understand that Jesus has something better in mind for us. This world is not going to be our eternity. This is not going to be our permanent place of abode. We have something better that awaits us. We're not to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth because these things will rot away. They will pass away. They may be stolen, what have you. But these things are not permanent. And I'm reminded that Jesus is preparing place for us. It will be a prepared place for a prepared people. Now I want to be prepared for that home in eternity. And just as he promises that he is going to prepare this place for us, so he promises to receive us again unto himself. Albert E. Brumley wrote a, a very good song, a song that, that we know very well, that we are very familiar with, and what words he wrote. Oh Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. Heaven's not my home. Then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We realize that this world is not our home. We look for a home that is much greater than anything that we could ever imagine. A home in heaven a place in the presence of God and His Son. That's what we look forward to today. Let us pray. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank You for the blessings that You've given to us. and We thank You for this day. We thank You for our time together. We thank You for Your Word, for the ability that we have to study it together. And we pray, Father, that You would continue to be with us. Bless us in our studies. Bless us in our understanding. And help us to grow in knowledge, and everything that we should grow in, spiritually speaking. Father, we know that we are, are not, not here permanently. 
We recognize that this world that we live in is not our home, and we pray, Father, that you would remind us of that on a daily basis. Help us to realize that these things that happen around us, this is not where we belong, but we belong with you in heaven. We pray that you would help us live in such a way as to bring glory and honor to you. Help us to lead lost souls to you. Help us to remain faithful ourselves so that we might see you in eternity. We are thankful for this promise. We are thankful for the hope that we have through your son. We are thankful for his sacrifice, for the shedding of his blood, which purchases our redemption. Help us to share this good news with the world. And it is through Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. Now we get into our lesson with the remainder of our time together. Uh, Today, as I said, we are getting into reason number nine of why I'm a member of the Church of Christ. And today's title is, It Believes All the Bible to Be the Inspired Word of God. One of the reasons that I am a member of the Church of Christ is that it does believe the Bible to be the inspired Word of God. We have been looking at the reasons that that we don't use any other creeds and things of that nature. Uh, We don't use any other manuals. And there's a reason for that. Because the Bible is the inspired Word of God. And because it is the inspired Word of God, it promises to be all that we need in regard to understanding those things that we need to understand. And everything that we need to live in such a way as to bring glory and honor to God. I do believe all of the Bible, not just some of the Bible, but all of the Bible to be the inspired Word of God, a revelation that is given to us so that we can live faithfully in this life, so that we can live according to the standards that God has placed before us. I'm not here to be an average Christian. I don't think you are either. If you're listening to this program You want to know more about the Bible. You want to know more about God's word so that you can live according to his standards. There are many people that try to squeak by and you may get away with it in school. But I can guarantee that you don't get away with it when it comes to living this life on earth. We're going to look at why why we believe. That the Bible, all the Bible, is the inspired word of God. And what that really means to us. You see, if the Bible is not the inspired word of God, we have no reason to believe it. We have no reason to trust it. We have no reason to um, to apply it to our lives. Because it makes no difference. It's just like any other book. And there are a lot of people that believe that the Bible is just another book. But I can tell you that the Bible is not just another book. It is the book that we need to live by. I I was watching a video, and I I didn't write down the statistics or anything like that, but but it was talking about a a study that was done, and it was done about the Bible. And one of the things that was discovered in this study is that the Bible makes 
a great difference in the lives of people. As long as we get into God's word to some degree, and I am not of the persuasion that, that you have to read through the Bible in a year. As a matter of fact, I am trying not to read through the Bible in a year. I, I'm on a particular plan that, that is going to span two or three years just because um, it breaks down the Bible so much. You get to concentrate on one chapter at a time. And and that's what I really want to do. I want to understand the Bible and trying to rush through it doesn't help me to understand. And it may not help you. It, it becomes sometimes more of a discouragement than an encouragement. But the point is to get into the Bible at least a few days a week. If you can get into it every day, that's wonderful. But the thoughts of this study were that if you get into the Bible, once a week, it really didn't make much of a difference. Twice a week really didn't make much of a difference. Three times a week didn't really make much of a difference. But if you can get into the Bible at least four times during a week, or maybe more than that, if, like I said, if you can get into it every day, that's a great help in the life of a Christian. But getting into the Bible cut down on sinful behaviors. That was one of the things that was found in this study. Um, sinful addictions and things of that nature. It, it was much easier not to get into those when they were in the Bible, when people were in the Bible. And whenever we look at, at just spirituality and Christianity, they grew more than they would otherwise, just by being in the Bible. You see, whenever we study the Bible, it is a powerful tool. There is great power in the Bible. And when we open up the Word of God, it changes us. It should transform us. God wants us to be transformed, not conformed to the world, but transformed. And... Uh, Romans 12, verse 2, obviously. But whenever we do that, whenever we read the Bible, whenever we get into the Bible, when we study the Bible, when we have a purpose in what we're doing, not just reading the words, but when we purpose to understand the Bible and the words of the Bible, it will transform us. It will change us. And that's what we want it to do. So that's my encouragement to you. As we look at this lesson, we believe all of the Bible to be the inspired word of God. I believe that because it is inspired of God, that there is great power in the words of the Bible. And they can change lives. And if we can just purpose in our minds and hearts to study God's word and to understand it, to make application. It will transform us. Even if we've already become a Christian, it will continue to transform us, to help us to grow. And that's exactly what God wants it to do. Let's look today. Uh, we're not going to get through this whole chapter today. Um, this may take two or three weeks. Uh, and that's okay. Our last, uh, well, a couple of chapters ago, 
It took us about seven weeks to get through it. And that's okay, too. We're going through this slowly. We're trying to understand what is in each of these lessons. And we want to have a good, thorough understanding of it so that we know why we are members of the Church of Christ. And if you're not a member of the Church of Christ, then listen, study this with us, and do so with an open mind and an open heart to what the Bible actually says. You'll see that as we go through these studies that there is a book, chapter, and verse for everything that we believe, as there should be. If we cannot find book, chapter, and verse for what we believe and what we do, we have no reason to believe and do those things. Let's start with reasons for believing the Bible. Why do I believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? What evidence do I have? What tells me, what teaches me that the Bible is the inspired word of God? As I look at the Bible and I look by faith, and I I read these things, and I understand them, I see that the apostles are credible witnesses. If they're not credible witnesses, then, again, we have no reason to believe the Bible because we understand that the church of the first century, one of the things that they did, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And so we are to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. But if we do not believe them to be credible witnesses, then we have no reason to continue in their doctrine. But I do believe the apostles to be credible witnesses. Look, for instance, at some of the things that are written about their writings. First John chapter one, verses one through four. First John chapter one and beginning with verse one. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ and these things we write to you that your joy may be full the apostles were instructed to bear witness of the things which they had seen and heard These are not things that they were told. This is not hearsay. This isn't coming from uh, one source to another source to me. This is their revelation. They're the things that have been revealed to them through their own relationship with Jesus Christ, their own relationship with him in the physical sense. These are things that they have seen and heard, and that is what they bear witness of. Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 49. Luke 24, 44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that in that all things 
must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The apostles are witnesses. They are witnesses to the teachings of Christ. They are witnesses to the power of Christ. They are sharing the things that they have seen and heard. And they are to go about teaching. Uh, Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. That's the, the mission that they have been given to carry the gospel into the world. We can believe their report to be truth. If they were to bear a false report of the things that they had seen or heard or or things which they had not seen or heard, what possible gain might they have from doing so? I believe that they're telling us these things because they are true. Because God wants us to know these things. And he wants us to further the gospel into the world. Just as they had been given that great commission. So we are given that great commission today. Whenever we think of of the apostles, we think of of everything that they did and all that they went through. What would they have lost? What might they have lost in following Christ? You know, there were many things we may not recognize completely, but there were many sacrifices that were made by the apostles. They sacrificed family and friends. They sacrificed their jobs. And they went and they preached. And what would they have to gain from a false report? Nothing. But whenever we look at what they had to lose in order to follow Christ, that means everything. Because they forsook a lot of things. They made many sacrifices to do what God wanted them to do. To do as Jesus taught them. The writers of the Bible were inspired of God, and the word of God itself bears witness to that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul's words here in 2 Timothy, his words to Timothy, is that all, not part of the scripture, but all of the scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's here for our learning. And as we look at those things, we are to apply them in that way. They are given for a purpose. They, they leave us in completeness, in perfection to some degree. That they uh, equip us for every good work, for everything that we need to know, everything that we need to do as Christians. All of that is contained within the word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21 And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. These things are not given uh, by the words of these individuals in human form. But these are the inspired words of God. These things are given to them by God to be revealed to us. And so they, they didn't speak of their own private interpretation, as is mentioned here. But they spoke by the will of God. They were moved by the Spirit to speak and to write the things that they did. So that we would have them for us, for our learning, for our understanding. So that we might live faithful lives as God's followers, as Christ's followers, as Christians. And so we believe that. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And we do believe that the apostles and the other writers are credible witnesses of the things that God wants to reveal to us. So much more that we need to study uh, and yet so little time. But I thank you for being with me today. I, I thank you for being a part of, of this study. And I look forward to being with you next year, next week, Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. as we study another portion of God's Word together. And I hope that you'll plan on joining me then. I always invite comments and questions. If you have any, uh, please go to our website at www.marshillcoc.org. And you can contact us through the website. There's available information, however you may want to do that. Um, but uh, certainly we would love to hear from you if you would like to contact us. I hope that you have a, a blessed day going ahead. I hope that you have a blessed week, and I look forward to being with you again Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Until we meet again, may God bless you.